Welcome to the God of Honeybees podcast. I'm Justin Herb, and joining me is my wife. We're going to start the episode by doing some shots of some disgusting liquor. What is this stuff? Uh, pina, or beach colada. Beach wine? colada that's like 14%. It tastes terrible. So here we go. We're loosening up. disgusting never again never again my wife also hooked me up with this nice little candle to set the mood so that's pretty dope so i'm justin herb this is episode three this is rock meditation so in this episode we're going to talk about how we can use rocks as a way to improve our meditation practice but at the beginning i wanted to start with some announcements. So if you are following me on Twitter or Instagram, you will know that I have been sending out free stickers for people that are signing up for the newsletter. So why should you sign up for the newsletter? Well, aside from getting one of these stickers, let me get this without knocking the candle into myself. These badass stickers from StickerMule.com. This is the um, our podcast logo on this nice die cut sticker. Like I said, this is from. Mm. <laughs> this is from StickerMule.com. They reached out to me on Twitter to thank them for or thank me for promoting their stickers, which I'm glad to do because these are some really nice stickers. And I'm in a band. We've been doing stickers for a long time, and I'm going to say these are really good quality stickers. So. Again, Sticker Mule. There's another nice die-cut sticker they sent. So if you're interested in getting some stickers, these are quality. Also, I've ordered some God of Honeybees podcast coasters, which will be coming down the line. This is an example coaster, but it's pretty legit. So I'm going to have those uh, later on, so keep an eye out for that. But aside from all that, you will get the links and any other uh, reference uh, content that I can get you for any sources that I reference in an episode. So if it's a book I'm talking about, if it's a publicly available PDF, an online article, a video, whatever it is, all of that extra content is going to be condensed into the email right in your inbox. So you don't got to listen back through the episode, catch the name or anything like that. It's going to be right there in the email. Plus, for the next eight people, anyway, that signed up for the email newsletter, you will again get one of these for free. So over the weekend, I had uh, two people sign up for the email newsletter, which was awesome. So I wanted to thank them personally at the beginning. So Rebecca from Springfield, Missouri, if you're listening, thank you very much for signing up. Your sticker is on the way. Also... I'm sure you're a great person, but I don't want to butcher your name. It is spelled N-G-O-C. Gawk. I don't know. it, But you have signed up from Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So thank you very much for signing up. I've also got your sticker on the way. So if you're interested in getting one of these stickers, or later on when I've got the coasters available, if you want one of those, sign up at godofhoneybees.com. So not only will you get one of these, you're going to get some um, excellent 
source information on these new exciting ideas that I think you should know that I'm really excited about and I want your feedback on. So you can reach out to me on Anchor and leave me a voicemail, which would be dope. You can reach out to me on Instagram and now you can get to me on Twitter. The only place you can't get to me is Facebook. I don't know why that's not working, but you can't get to me there. So um, also, there's a contact page on godofhoneybees.com where you can get in touch with me directly and let me know what you think. That would be fantastic. Also, for anyone that may have just come across this content, I am writing a book. It's just about done, and it's under the same name. The title of the book is The God of Honeybees. I've been working closely with an editor, and we're about ready for the last round of edits, or who knows, maybe the next round of edits. I found an author that I won't name drop yet in case they're not comfortable with that, but I am a big fan of their work, and they've agreed to read the book and let me know what they think. So that's awesome. So this book is on the verge of being ready to go, and once it drops, it's going to be available on GodOfHoneyBees.com. And if you're a part, uh, if you're signed up for the newsletter, you're going to hear about it as soon as it's ready. It'll be right there in your inbox. So let's get on with episode three about rock meditation. I made that mistake in the last take, and I called it episode two numerous times. So what I wanted to start with is what I think is the most common misconception about what meditation is supposed to be. I think the most common idea is that meditation is supposed to get you to be able to stop your thoughts entirely. Which, if that does happen, great. But that's not necessarily the point, I think. I think the point is getting you into this mental posture that helps you be able to observe your thoughts. If you identify with your emotions, identify with your thoughts, let them carry you away, get all wrapped up in them, that that takes you out of that grounded, centered state. Meditation is a form of practice that helps you realign that perspective so you can see what your true nature is and how it relates to your thoughts. Not that you are those thoughts and not that you need those thoughts to stop entirely, but you can choose which thoughts to engage in and entertain. So there's a number of ways that you can improve your meditation practice and this applies to if you know if it's a daily prayer um, whatever it might be whatever your spiritual ritual is for your spiritual self-care it'll apply to all of it but for the sake of consistency I'm just going to say meditation over and over again because that's what I use it for but there's a number of different ways that you can improve focusing on the current moment Uh, but I just want to touch on three of them the first one is focusing on your breath and these are all old ideas of course but the um, focusing on your breath I feel like has had this real resurgence lately Um, especially if you look at the work of like Thich Nhat Hanh um, he, he's got a lot of con, uh, explanations on why and how to focus on your breathing. But this helps keep you focused on a, on something you can consciously control. And if you get carried away with a thought, it carries on unconsciously. But breathing in and out, reciting, uh, reciting a chant as you breathe in and out, this helps you stay grounded in the current moment. Another one is prayer beads. 
but this also has the added purpose of um, keeping count of whatever it is you might be doing, um, especially if it's like liturgical prayers, that kind of thing. Um, the prayer beads are going to help, but the physicality of the beads in your hand, uh, moving the necklace or the bracelet through your hand, that that physicalness of the interaction is what I think helps keep you focused on the current moment. I'm going too fast. Let me slow down and just talk about how great Tecate light is. <laughs> Can't even see. Tecate, there it is. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, that's a good point. My wife's providing helpful information from the other side of the camera. I just can't see her over there. So, lastly, chanting. Chanting is a way that you can improve your focus on the current moment because you're thinking about singing, you're thinking about the words, you're part, especially if you're doing it as a group, you're participating in this... Yeah, it's an affirmation. You're participating in this group liturgical process. So chanting can really help you get focused on the current moment and what you're doing and not not run away with your thoughts. So what I want to do in this episode is just throw another one your way, another method of staying focused on your current moment, clearing letting your mind relax, giving you something to focus on that's happening now. And that's using rocks. So I've got some examples here that my wife helped me find of different rocks that I would and would not use for the rock meditation. Here are some examples of the rocks that I would use for rock meditation. So right here, Check this thing out. It's an interesting pale color. It's got these different creases in it that are a different color. It's smooth. It's right now cold. So this is this is a great one. Fits right in the palm of your hand. It's not it's not something obtuse that you have to try to finagle with. Here's another one. Less color detail. It's just this kind of like almost onyx gray, smooth, similar size fits right in the palm of your hand. This is a great one to use if you find something like this. This one here might be a little bit hard to see in the camera, but this thing is covered in all kinds of cool colors. It's also a different texture. It's a bit it's a bit coarse. It's a bit hard to see, but it's another and it fits in the palm of your hand. Another great one. Obviously, fitting in the palm of your hand is a consistent theme. This rock right here that you're seeing, I've had this rock since I was like 10 in a rock collection. Look at that green. That is an awesome green. I don't know what kind of rock this is. It's a bit longer. Um, yeah, if you can identify this rock, um, if you're just listening to this, the video's on YouTube. You can see the rock we're talking about right now. It is this awesome, almost seafoam green or something. I'm not sure what kind of rock it is, but it basically fits in the palm of your hand. And if you're observing the rock, we're going to get into that later, that rock would be a really good one to use. Thank you. <laughs> 
And then this one here, this is a glass stone um, that we use for our garden, but it's great too. F again, fits in the palm of your hand, it's smooth, it's got some nuanced detail to it that you can focus on when you're doing your meditation. So that's another great one. We've also got two examples of rock that we maybe wouldn't recommend you use for meditating. Look at this monster, <laughs> okay? Um, this is a great rock, but um, as far as using it for meditation, this might not uh, might not serve a great purpose. If you're listening to this on the podcast, um, what you can't see right now is a rock that's bigger than my wife's hand and probably weighs eight pounds. This that's a monster. I wouldn't recommend using that one. And lastly, weighing in at probably twelve pounds or more, <laughs> this monster is about as long as my wife's forearm if you if you're just listening to this you can use this if you want but this is really going to provide some um, input stimulation for you to stay focused on i wouldn't recommend using one this big that thing's like a baby <laughs> i wouldn't use that one so again if they fit in the palm of your hand this is great because you can just it's not obvious that you're using it. You could you could literally carry one of these in your pocket into church, into the temple, where to yoga, whatever you're doing. If it's fitting in the palm of your hand, um, this is great because then you know what's up and you can just focus on your on your practice. So, let's talk about the steps that I that I think you should use for the rock meditation, and I'm going to use my favorite rock that I've had for a long time now. So, obviously, find a rock that's visually appealing. Um, also, a key is to get a rock that you cannot um, manipulate with your hand. Like this one, I can't break apart or chip at with my fingers. Um, if, I, if it was a piece of, like, uh, dried-out slate, that, would, that could break uh, with my hand. So you got to get one that you cannot alter with your bare hands. Hmm? Say Micah is not a good choice. Is that brittle? Yeah. Micah is also not a good choice because it is brittle. That'll fall apart. Then it defeats the purpose and you just have a pocket full of sand. <laughs> pocket sand. Pocket sand. So then once you've got your rock, get into your meditation position or go to your church or your temple. Whatever it is that you're doing for your spiritual self-care get into that position or place or the woods or go for a walk with your rock so then hold the rock in your hand while you're meditating and focus on the sensation of the rock in your hand and like I said also observing the rock a lot of times I found is helpful we'll get more into that later but if you look at the rock while you're doing your meditation this can be helpful and then do this over and over again with the same rock until you start to associate your practice with this rock. Almost like working out with equipment. It becomes part of the process. And you're comfortable using this rock for that process, for your meditation. And then the last step, which I think is the key step, is to let the rock go. Now, I'm breaking that rule right now because I'm, I'm keeping this rock. This rock's not going anywhere. But letting the rock go, either by collecting it in, say, like a, a nice bowl in your house or in your garden or just returning it to the earth. Um, when I've done it in the past, I just 
toss it into a field or a stream, just giving it back to the earth where you got it. But the key is letting it go and not using it anymore. So now I want to explain why this might be helpful, using the rock as a way to improve meditation. Firstly, your mind isn't going to necessarily have the opportunity to get distracted with thoughts like how this rock may have looked in the past or how it might look in the future, right? This rock has probably looked this way a very long time, well before I came across it, and it'll look this way for a very long time. So I don't have to, I don't have the opportunity to really get lost in that thought. Um, Secondly, the feeling of the rock in your hand especially if it's cold when you just start meditating, um, that's going to provide input stimulus for you to stay focused on. Um, Also, you can't alter the shape of the rock. That's why we are saying don't use one that you can, that's brittle like slate or mica that you can uh, alter with your hands. This one, I cannot break with my hands. So the shape of it isn't going to change. My mind doesn't have the opportunity to get uh, distracted with thoughts of how it may have looked again and how I might be able to make it look. You know, if I hold this thing in my hand, I'm not going to be able to get any pieces off of it. That's a good thing. It's this kind of stable, static object that you get to use. Also, it you can work on observing without labeling when you're using the rock for your meditation practice. Now, this is where what I was talking about earlier with Krishnamurti, and the links are going to be in the email newsletter. But he has a number of videos where he explains how and why looking at things without attributing labels to them can be really helpful because then you can start to see things for what they really are without the lens of category that your mind has applied to it. So with this rock, for example, there's a lot of color that that I could start to try to mentally label, texture, weight, temperature, all these things. If I look at the rock while I'm meditating, this provides an opportunity to practice looking at this thing without labeling it. Now, the, again, the last, the last topic is getting rid of the rock, returning it to the earth or putting it in the bowl or the garden. Why is this important? Well, for one, it reminds us of impermanence. So just as this rock is, is helping, you, um, helping you stay focused, stay grounded, everything's going to change. Once you get used to using this rock and you get comfortable with it, that's why you have to do it over and over again so this thing is part of your practice. When you let it go, that reminds you of impermanence. It's like if a, if a church you used to go to is now gone or you can't attend anymore, impermanence. If the pastor that you enjoyed hearing from or the guru that you went and watched no longer is, uh, is there or has passed, impermanence. This is the idea that it's, that it's trying to mirror. Also, um, what I would argue is maybe more important is that we never want to get confused with the finger pointing at the moon for the moon. This is an old idea, but it's still really um, pertinent to this concept. The rock here is just a finger pointing at the moon. It's a tool pointing at the, the larger idea that you can do this on your own already. The the um, 
calm, clear sense of awareness that you really are is already there. This rock is just a tool to remind you of it. So using this rock can, um, once you get comfortable with it, if it does help you, can create a sort of dependence because you're associating this rock with your practice. That's why you have to let it go because you don't want to confuse the finger pointing at the moon for the moon. So using my own background as an example, while it might be an uncomfortable example, imagine someone using a cross when they're doing their prayer, and then they get rid of the cross by giving it away, sending it away, tossing it in a field, whatever it is. That cross itself bears no... um, significance outside of what you give to it. It's a tool pointing at something larger, but in it itself um, is not that thing. So in the same way with this rock, you have to let it go so you don't confuse those two things. So lastly, I want to talk about why um, placing it around your house and returning it to the earth and wherever you wherever you might want to let it go is an important thing. I'm going to try to re- uh, find the exact source for these studies, and I'll include this in the email newsletter. But I remember hearing about stories or a study where they took two samples of water and isolated them, and one they interacted with strictly positive and a positive nature, so they were saying positive things to it affirmations, all that kind of stuff. And then with the other sample of water, they did exactly the opposite. Only negative words, um, all that kind of thing. And then they froze the two samples of water and examined the ice crystals. And the ice crystals of the water that had all the positive interaction had this geometric form to it, this kind of beautiful layout, um, almost looking purposeful it was it was um this like a beautiful crystalline structure in the ice whereas the other one total mess chaos no geometric form and this is the one that it was uh had the negative interaction so if you think about this study assuming it's a good study and that we can take it as fact think about the context that we're talking about using these rocks to um be part of our meditation practice. If you use this, say you meditate every day and you use your rock over and over every day, you have this ongoing positive interaction. You're you're doing what you love to do for your spiritual self-care and you're using this rock as a tool to do that. If that study is true, you are literally influencing this rock in some way, right? So if you're collecting it in a bowl in your house, You've got a bowl in your house full of positively charged rocks, to use that um, unorthodox um, idea. But you've got that you've got these charged rocks from your meditation practice. But also, if you've got them in your garden, you're placing a bunch of positively charged rocks in your garden. That might be a positive thing. That might help the plants. Or if you're returning it to the earth by putting in a field or in a stream you're just spreading positively charged rocks positive energy all over the place so that's just kind of an added benefit to this practice is that if those if those studies bear out you are literally influencing 
these rocks in some way because you're associating them with this positive thing of meditating or prayer or whatever that ritual might be. Yeah, imagine what it, 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 if these studies, like I say, bear, bear out, what if you came across one of these rocks? What if you passed one of these rocks that you've done your practice with over and over again to one of your friends? Interact them, interacting with this positively charged rock, that, that might bear out some positive influence on them. If it doesn't, they've just got a really cool rock with a story. But if it does, then you're helping them in a way that goes, that goes much, much deeper than just that. So one question I want to leave you with is how do you meditate? What tools or practices do you use to help keep yourself grounded in the current moment and get the appropriate perspective on things? You can leave me a voicemail on Anchor through the app. That would be awesome to hear from you. Or um, through your, you could uh, check this all out through your favorite podcast app. You can contact me um, right fr- through the website godofhoneybees.com or on Twitter or on Instagram. Just let me know what tools you might use to to improve your meditation practice. Because the point of this is, is I don't want to just. I don't want to just make episodes telling you things. I want to hear back from you. Because if you've checked out that last update that I put out about why this content's going to be for free, is because I'm trying to craft a connection and a conversation with you. So I, I want to hear what you think about this stuff, what you might have to add to these points, because we're crafting that kind of conversation that's ongoing. And I love that idea. So reach out to me in any of these ways, um, or God of or God of or God of Bees podcast at gmail.com. You can send me an email directly. Go to godofhoneybees.com, sign up for the email newsletter. That's going to have all the uh, in this episode, it's going to have Krishnamurti links, and if I can find this source for that study that I mentioned, that's also going to be in the email. And for the next eight people that sign up, anyway, you will get one of these stickers of our logo from StickerMule.com. Um, great stickers. I will send that to you for free. That's a great idea. If you happen to have rocks and the means to send them to me, um, any rocks that you just want to share. I've been collecting rocks for a really long time. My wife has got rocks that she's collected. We've got a rock garden. We've got rocks as decorations. We've got little Zen gardens that have rocks in them. We collect a lot of rocks. So if you happen to just want to share that with me, um, or, or even just a picture um, of you with the rock that you use or that you collect, send those my way. I'll get a, um, I've got a shipping address um, that I'll include on the website or in the email. Um, so when that drops, you'll have that as well. So sign up for the newsletter, get this sticker, and when this episode drops, you can go to godofhoneybees.com and read the transcript. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you obviously know it's video-based, or you can catch it on your favorite podcast app. And again, keep an eye out for the book. When that drops, that's going to be on the website. It's going to have its own page on the website. There's a rock. And if you are in the email newsletter, you're going to find out about that ASAP. So this has been God of Honeybees podcast. I'm Justin Herb. Thanks for listening.